Welcome to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast, and it is an emergency episode number 36 podcast, as uh, Jose Mourinho has been sacked, so we've decided that we're going to do an emergency podcast just because of Jose Mourinho being sacked. Of course we're not. Um, it is, of course, um, in the last 48 hours of the um, the beginning and the end, uh, it appears to be, of uh, a Super League. But before we start with that, I am joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How has the last 48 hours been for you two? What a whirlwind. I mean, all I could say is, why did I have to go back to work? Because it would have been a perfect opportunity to yeah. sit and watch Sky Sports <laughs> News all day instead. They sent me back into work. So that, that annoyed me. But yeah, it's been... It's bishoping mental, hasn't it? I mean, this is everything transfer deadline day wasn't this year. Well, I mean, if they could announce the formation of a new Super League every every few every years, season. just so they could have this kind of excitement, then... What I've looked, gonna... it's, been, it's the absolute perfect news story, isn't it? Because it's been massive, all-consuming... But no one's died. It's not like coronavirus, so I can just enjoy it. It's only about the football, ultimately. And, and everybody, everybody's got an opinion about it. Everyone's got an opinion about it. Everyone can get angry about it. And at the end of the day, nothing's going to have happened. And the whole thing's kind of... And I've got to the end of it within a week. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. It's like, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm like, I mean, of all the teams that played on Monday night, it had, to, it had to be us. I'm like, talk about derailing our hot streak and about chucking us into a new league all of a sudden on the Sunday. Play on the Monday <laughs> night, drop points because everybody's screaming at us that we're a, a horrific club. And then by the Tuesday, oh, it's all right now. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's not joining it anymore. It's fine. Well, I mean, I'm going to say... You two must be over the moon. Well, you you sent the message that it was going to be announced during the United Burnley game. I think on, so on I, what the actual the league. Yeah, no, so they I were supposed it, to be. They were supposed to be half nine on on some. Yeah, because Gary Neville referenced it during the match, didn't he? And then it was yeah. after the match when he 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 did his little rant. His, his yeah. So I think that like that was. But I thought when you sent a. When you sent your little screenshot from Anfield Watch, I thought, here we go. Another random Twitter account that cheesy follows. This is never going to be true. And then when Neville mentioned it and then yeah, went on his rant, I thought, oh, hang on. This is, this is maybe a bit serious, this. But yeah, it was... Um, that, so I didn't... When, when, like I say, when you first sent it, I didn't think much of it. So I, wasn't, I was nonplussed, really. I, I didn't have a reaction either way because I thought, oh, this is just one of those rumoured things that's well, never just, really going to come it, to it was just Project Big Picture all over again. Well, I just assume, I just assume that it's just a d- different version of whatever that whatever that was. They've obviously, something else has come from that, and uh, and and they were going to talk about that. But yeah, like kind of over the net over after in the evening. I think I I think they said that so it was supposed to be half nine that Florentino Perez was supposed to do his press conference. It, Real Madrid hadn't even finished playing at half nine. In the evening, so it must have been pushed back to. I think it was half ten. There were some bits that got announced, um, and then yeah, Monday morning it was it, it was obviously uproar. And I think the worst thing about this is is that like I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's there's two ways of looking at it. Twenty thirty years ago, when the Premier League was formed, like that just changed football landscape forever, and that was all about big business. And you kind of thought, how long is it going to be before something like this happens again? But to kind of not involve anybody, like no consultation, no fa- like even the manager's not even knowing about it, and like well, I, suppose, uh, I suppose that's the only way you can keep it secret for so long, isn't it? Until the moment you want to release it. I mean, like there's been no murmurs about this about it to happen for the last month. So they must have been planning this for ages. They said about six months or something, haven't they? And now it's collapsed inside inside three <laughs> days. And the thing is, they, and they seem completely unprepared for the fact that it was going to be unpopular. Like that, that seems to have completely caught them out. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I, if you, I I could have told you that was going to be un- like <laughs> if they'd spoken to me confidentially, I would have said, right, well, be prepared because you'll be, you'll have you'll find some initial resistance, and you know maybe have a PR strategy in place straight away. 
I mean, do, do you reckon they, were, they had this conversation just like, it'll only be a handful of fans? Yeah. And they oh, did they, they, they'll they, love it. Every football <laughs> fan in the, whole, in the whole of Europe would be against it. They'll be, they'll be cheering our names. We'll be heroes. Yeah. Look at what we've brought to this. It was just uh, like, I, like I said, I went from being nonplussed and then to being quite annoyed and angry. I, don't, I, I presume you two felt exactly the same. I was a bit overwhelmed by it. I was so, so overwhelmed that I couldn't really be angry. It was a bad idea. I was against the idea. And then I went through a be- brief period of time this afternoon when I thought, or oh, maybe, like, it is just football. It should mean Manchester United will be playing a different competition. There was a bit of me thought, maybe in five years' time, we'll look back on this and be like, oh, yeah, well, that's just how it is now, isn't it? Well, I, 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 mean, I, I, I was the other way around, because I, I was starting to think, I don't think, as soon as they would come out, there's contracts and it's all, I was like, this is happening. I was like, the world could say they don't want this. But unfortunately, like with anything that, make, that um, businessmen make now with football clubs, if they want to do something, they're going to do it. And I thought that's I need because I think it was uh, Gary Neville said like Joel Glazer doesn't say anything. Joel Glazer's comments were on Liverpool's website. I was like, what's going on? I was like, I can't see any any way this not happening. They might alienate the they might alienate every single person in Britain, every football fan in Britain. But there's so many more football fans ab- abroad that would probably want to see this. That actually, did he really care about the sixty million that are on this small island when there's seven billion other people that they're probably pandering to who probably want to see yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I, I remember. So I was listening. I listened to another podcast, and the point they made, and it's something like I'm fully a, a part of this in a way. Is that I really enjoy watching the IPL in the cricket, and you know, it, it really suits me. It's in, on in the afternoon. All the best players in the world are on there. Do I care if that's affected domestic Indian cricket? I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I quite like it. No. Do I care that the teams have got no history? Not at all. I just like turning it on and Dhoni's team's playing against Butler's team. No, I, I don't go, oh, Rajasthan are playing Chennai for the second time. And, you know, and, and I was thinking, and that's probably what, you, if you're all living in Beijing or Mumbai, that's probably what you think about this, isn't it? You, you, you know, do, like, do you do you care if Manchester United are no longer playing in the Premier League? Uh, I just agree with the European Super League against AC Milan. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, probably people in China just want to see the best teams play or them kind of markets. You're just appealing to them, aren't you? But then at the same time, the IPL, the that's one of the for the players. That's one of the big paydays of the season, isn't it? Going to play in the IPL. Yeah, it's of a big benefit to the players as well because I know obviously cricketers do get paid a decent sum, but it's not in the it's not in the leagues of footballers. But this the, the whole thing with this this doesn't seem to benefit anyone other than the clubs. It wasn't for the individual players' benefit or. Well, it's, it's, it? it's funny you should mention the uh, the IPL because I, I read a story yesterday. I read a story yesterday about Surrey wanting to bring the IPL to the Oval because obviously that they they must be they're obviously short of. Cricket, the amount of cricket that's going on, the amount of fans that are going on, they, they wanted to bring some of the like similar to the NFL coming over to Wembley and Tottenham and whatever that may or may not happen this year. That they want to start playing IPL games over in over in Britain. Yeah, and well, like... Sadiq Khan was talking about it. Now, Sadiq Khan is up for re-election in the next month, and um, the guy who's currently the mayor of Birmingham, Andy Street, he was talking about bringing some IPL games to Birmingham, and he's also up for re-election in the next month. And call me a cynic, cheesy. <laughs> there are some of the politicians that are quite keen to get some votes, promising that their voters are going to, particularly pro- promising a voter base that's quite multicultural, that they're going to win the, the world's biggest cricket tournament to their city. It, it, it felt slightly like opportunism. Are we going? Are we going to? I mean, them, are we going to trade them Sussex versus Somerset? In, <laughs> yeah, uh... well, that, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what else. I did think about politics as well because obviously. Big Bojo's got involved, haven't they? Saying that yeah. he's, gonna, he's gonna do everything he can. And I thought, God, with the vaccine rollout being a success, and now I'm saying he's gonna save football. We're gonna have the Tories there's no way we're gonna stop the Tories getting re-elected. Everyone's <laughs> gonna love them, aren't they? He'll be he'll be giving us the World Cup in eighteen months. Exactly. Well, we had to we were relying on him and Oliver Dowden, who I, I don't think Oliver Dowden's ever watched a game of football in his life. No. Absolutely um, not. And one of the bizarre things about all this is 
all along the good guys in this were PSG who hadn't taken, who sort of refused to take part in it so far. And you think Qatar owned PSG? How how they come out of this as the good guys? And now Chelsea and City are the ones that have unravelled it all, as if they're the as if they're the good guys. Yeah, well, uh, they're the only two teams that basically don't need the money because. But this goes back to well, this the whole the the main clubs behind it apparently from the English point of view were the American owned ones, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Liverpool, United, and Arsenal. I mean, how Arsenal got involved in that conversation? Well, like, well this, yeah, Arsenal, Spurs were how they managed to scrape that, into this. That's just beggar belief. Like, I can I can half understand Arsenal with some kind yeah. of like American like kind of let's all do this. We Yankees in it together. How Tottenham got involved? Daniel Levy. Where's he got the phone call from? They were the lucky club, weren't they? Yeah, well, they've got they've got a, they've got a shiny new stadium to finance. I think that's the. Uh... Oh no! I, I, I see why I could see why they wanted to be in it. I just did, I didn't quite understand what the appeal <laughs> was from them. It's not really. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah we, 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 got got we can't start this without Spurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Oh well, if he's going to take off, <laughs> we need to make sure we got Spurs in. Otherwise, good all that was quite they, quickly. I mean, they need three hundred fifty million just to get Kane some new ankles, surely. <laughs> Keep him playing. I mean, he's playing on crutches, surely. Uh, Claire, obviously, when it always, when it always happened yesterday, I got into bed last night and Claire said to me, uh, she said, what have you been doing? I said, oh, I've been watching football because it's all there's loads of stuff happening at the minute. I thought, I'm not going to go into it because it's too big. Yeah. And she went, oh, is this this Super League thing? And I thought, you care nothing for football, but you've heard of it. So I said, what? yeah. And she went, and she was like, why is it so, why is it so big? I thought, bloody hell! Like, how do I get into? How do I get through this in like <laughs> in a two-minute stint? But I tried to explain like why I could understand I could understand owners going for it because obviously, like you say, Tottenham and they've they've got their new stadium, their billion-pound stadium to pay for. The financial security from a business point of view is would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, it would have well, future proof them, yeah. Well, the American bank said we'll put we'll put three point we'll put three point five billion pound up for it. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. almost it's almost easy. But you, you're not if you're, if you're a founding member, you're not going to get relegated. Well, that's what I mean. Be, so you could go, you could suddenly go. Well, look, instead of planning two years in the future, I can plan ten years in the future, and I can do this and that and that, and I know exactly what's going on. So, from a business point of view, you can totally understand the logic behind it because it makes sense. But for, sports not a business is it although it is sports it's, it's they don't they don't actually marry up very well do they football and business i mean this, what, this, has, this has shown what a massive business football is in a way because i mean and just how big football is i mean this this story's completely wiped out the news agenda you know this has been the only show in town for the last two days hasn't it and well, yeah, global, global health pandemic on at the moment <laughs> did uh did 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 Bojo do a COVID uh, thingy today, briefing? He did, yeah. I didn't watch it, but I think he was after... So I was driving to the football, and they had five live on it. I thought it was this. And it was obviously the, the typical, every journalist asking two questions. Every journalist was asking first about the COVID. Then every second question was about the football. And then one person asked about the, the Greensill scandal that's going on. And I'm <laughs> like, we don't want to talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> David Cameron's yeah. happiest man on the planet. Yeah, it's just every, yeah, it's it's incredible. The the I, only way that story could have carried on if it was green so that we're funding the European. Well, Super was, League. that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I was waiting for them to somehow <laughs> be involved in the PR or the lobbying or <laughs> Cameron to somehow be involved. Then it would have then it would have been my absolute perfect uh, story of all time. Then Joel Glazer and John Henry, like senior <laughs> yeah. advisors to the Prime Minister. David At the Cameron. moment, it's it's still number two behind. Um, Rebecca Vardy versus Colleen Rooney. I think that's still my number one new story. <laughs> and it's sported as well. Yeah. I mean, the other the other thing, obviously, when we're I mean, talking the Caterpillar, about... the, the Aldi MS, uh, Aldi Caterpillar versus um, M&S Caterpillar c- cake, it's only in at number three. <laughs> wow. Just going back to the Arsenal-Tottenham thing before about the clubs, I mean, when, obviously, Bayern Munich weren't going to be in and um, and, and um, I think Dortmund had come out and said they weren't going to be in. Something to do with Fano, like the way that they're owned, they, won't be, they wouldn't be able to. But yeah, but yeah, Schalke with the the, 11, the the 13th team or something that were going to join, or oh, that's a bit strange. I think the one thing that got me with this whole 
the 12, 12 founding clubs, and not just the fact that there was 12 founding clubs and no matter what, they couldn't be relegated. They were always going to exist in this Super League, no matter how well they did. And like I say, when you looked at it from an Arsenal and Tottenham point of view and thought, your pants, like you really are dog put. Like you crap at the minute. Let's not let's not mince any words about it. They shouldn't be any have any right. But I just thought they're gonna make up the rest of the league by having an invitation to based on domestic success around Europe. And I thought, how patronizing is that that Arsenal yeah. or Tottenham get to go, Oh, well you've done we we were doing shit in our leagues, but you're doing all right, so you can come and join us in this. Like I just thought it's surrenders, and then what but, I also thought is that invitation system. How rife is that for corruption? Well, also like, well, so why would the team want the invitation? Because if you, the moment you take the invitation, you're gonna you're gonna fuck everybody off, and you know, and you're only guaranteed one year by the sounds yeah. of things. But, you, know, you know, a year later, you've got to go capping on saying, actually, you for can we play in the Champions League again? If you're Leicester or Everton, and you take this invitation for one year. And then, you know, you finish above Arsenal, but you get... But I, so I I, think the teams broke down into two types of teams. There's the teams that were owned by uh, very rich people who basically use football as a plaything and for sort of sports washing to hide their human rights abuses or to hide their... Question, like, how on earth did Roman Abramovich get all that wealth? And, you know, teams like City... You know, the City owners want to be popular... You know, they like being the big I am in Manchester and they're not that bothered about making money. I think that's why they've ended up pulling out. And then the other group of owners are the your sort of United, Liverpool, these Spanish clubs who just want to, who just need the money. Yeah. Well, Barcelona and Madrid need the money now, don't they? Because they're, yeah. they're obviously not so much Madrid, but I think that Barcelona's, I think they'd lost 150 Skin, million yeah. pounds last year. And, the American owners have gr- have grown up in America watching franchise sport where nobody like not once I don't know one single American sport where you can get relegated. There's no like all right you can win the Super Bowl you can win the World Series you can win this but if you don't win it oh well and it's but, like, it's and, the, and the other thing in America is if it's not going well you just sort of move the team somewhere else don't you you go oh, yeah. oh, oh, we've, been, we've been struggling in Jacksonville why don't we set our NFL team up in London. It would have been interesting then, to see how, how long it was until Arsenal or Tottenham was moved to Moscow or wherever. But then even NFL, like, they have the whole... You get you get your, your draft picks, so, like... Yeah. I know you like to say it's white men picking up black athletes. <laughs> but, but it, like, at least they try and make it, even it out in terms of, like, you've, you've done crap this season, so you get better draft picks the following season. And then you can almost try and... It, like bring the teams that have been poorer to the top next season, so you kind of keep it fair, but that that doesn't work in football, and it would have to be whole like massive wholesale. It would have been the end of football if you know it if this whole thing would have happened. And this, just yeah, to keep it interesting, the, and the salary yeah. cap thing as well in in, NF, in the NFL kind of keeps it on a, on a level basis where you can only spend what everybody else is spent. I think you'll have fifty four, you'll have fifty poor people. You don't have to spend all that money, but that's the cap. You can't spend more than one hundred and seventy million dollars. I think it is this season. So it's not like you can just go and spend your money and get all... It's not like you could go and be City where you could go and pay everybody £300,000 a week. As long as you could afford to do that, you could quite easily do that. And then you've got Burnley or Brighton who are paying £15,000 a week for their best players or, or, or whatever it is. So, but yeah, so just... when So after you'd all seen it, and obviously you thought, bloody hell, they've gone a long way here and it seems like it's going to happen. When was the first time that you thought, that you two thought, this probably isn't going to happen, actually. Well, I think... I... go on, Sam. I, I always had a feeling that it it could collapse, or it was going to rumble on for ages. I think I always, I think I'm not sure I ever deep down thought it was going to happen. I think I was maybe because I just didn't want it to happen. I was kind of deluding myself. I think I just sort of never really believed it. Where did you get to on the on the journey, Cheesy? I think as soon as they were like you'll be you because they were talking about there's a meeting there's a, I think there's a UEFA meeting on Friday that clubs will be instantly expelled from European football players won't be able to play in Europe players won't be able to play for in, in the World Cup and you go to tell you're going to go and tell a, a, a lot of these uh, a, a lot of the Premier League players in the top six that 
or the Euros are going to happen in six in six uh, in eight weeks, ten weeks time. You won't be playing them though, because you're playing in the you're going to play in the Super League instead. So you're going to be playing in your own league on a on a weekend, and then in the week you're going to be playing playing around Europe ten times ten times a year. Um, and then we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it at the end. But you, you'll never win the FA Cup again because you won't be able to play in that, and you'll never win the League Cup again because you won't be able to play in that either. So I kind of thought, surely that there's, and we've talked about this before. Where if a player's not happy, then they'll just go and they'll just replace him with somebody else. But if every player's not happy, then what does the Super League ultimately become? Non-league football. Yeah, but I, I never believed that. I, I sort of felt that. I, I, well, first of all, I just think footballers go wherever they're paid the most. And I, I'm, I, are they that bothered about playing international football? I'm not sure. And I also thought it was a bit of an empty threat in terms of, all right, maybe this Euros they would have made an exception, exception and not let them play. But going forward, FIFA are going to want the best. You know, FIFA are trying to sell the World Cup. They want the best players playing in it. You know, they're not going to turn to their sponsors and go, well, we're putting in on this tournament, but we haven't got. Messi and Neymar and all the best players in the world, it's going to be, you know, rubbish, rubbish teams. But I don't know. But like, but like the Olympics, where, you, where they went, either it's either got to be under 23s yeah. or, or. Yeah, we've got amateurs. the amateur boxes yeah. out, yeah. But the, I I mean, just, the other thing, just, just before we, we, just before we, we, we move on, the, the thing about, well, the, the, a lot of it has been about greed, like all this is about. Uh, clubs wanting uh, more money and uh, and and guaranteed money and, and that's fine. Well, on on Friday morning, weren't you for supposed on Monday morning? weren't you for supposed to announce that the Champions League that was happened. going to become bigger? Yeah, yeah, well, that, that happened. That, that went through. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they, they they it got announced and then they had the vote the next day without the the twelve clubs that had signed it on. So everyone else just voted it through. So, I mean, if they were trying to achieve to get what they wanted in terms of Champions League changes. They really shot themselves in the foot with that one. Why didn't they just wait a week and then announce this Super League? And the trouble is, I think they've always had this threat that they could leave and form a Super League or whatever. But now they know, UEFA know that it's just a bluff because this can never happen again. I think this has killed the idea. I think for like all our lives, I feel like there's always been this talk of, oh, one day, you know, the Premier League will end and the big clubs will just go and play each other in a Super League. But like now that just can't because it'll surely it'll never get this far again. Like a big someone like JP Morgan, like this massive bank that was going to bankroll the whole thing, they'll never do this again. I mean, this has been a disaster for them. Like they've got they've been made to look like absolute idiots, and it's all collapsed. Like no bank will put up half a billion pounds or whatever you have to put up to start this sort of thing again in the future. No, I I agree. The one. Um... The one time I thought that it, it was probably not going to thing, I don't know if any of you have actually been onto the Super League's website. No. I didn't realise it had a website. Yeah. So at the, at the bottom of the press releases on Man United, on the Man United website, it has a link to the website. And I thought, well, I'll click this. Uh, when it's just a one-page website <laughs> with nothing else behind it, I, I thought... Maybe there's not actually that much substance to this, and maybe it is just all the big like negotiating ploy that we're going to put ourselves so far out there to try and get what we want in terms of the Champion League change. That no, like you say, got a better website than that. Oh no, I mean it looks it's very nice, but <laughs> I mean this. I mean I probably wrote longer uh, university essays. I would say <laughs> with the amount of words that are on it. it, it I mean. Yeah. I- Hypothetically, so I, I don't, I don't know. There isn't, there isn't that much uproar to it. The, like the world accepts it, just a change in football. How, how would you, how would you two, how, well, how would you two feel about? So Manchester United said they were going to do it. The Premier League were fine with it. How would you two feel about it? I was thinking, like, would I have to just become a Salford fan and Man United be the team I kind of follow in the in this Euro League, whatever it was going to be called. And then, like, I mean, I, mean, I wasn't happy. I'll tell you what, I'd be. Well, go on, Ross. Well, I, 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 the only person I kept listening to all like the reaction stuff to it, and everyone going, "Oh, I'm going to disown my club. I'm going to disown my club. I'm not. That's it. I'm not going to look for someone else to support." And I thought it's dead easy to say that and sound like this diehard fan that you've got re- these real high principles and morals, and that's what you really believe in. But ultimately. 
what United are linked with this, and you'll feel exactly the same way, Cheesy, about Liverpool. Liverpool are linked with it. But I don't see that as being my club that are actually doing those things. I see it as yeah, two, yeah, or three, like two or three people owning the club that are doing those things. So I, I, it's, it's a very hard sell to the rest of the Premier League. I think. If you're not a thingy. But as I don't think my club have actually... Because like, going off Solskjaer's reaction or the players' reaction, you've, retweet, you've shown the tweets of uh, Henderson and Alexander-Arnold where they put the, they're against it. Listening to Milner in last night and Bamford, everyone's against it, and it was just these greedy, greedy owners that want to do something. So I don't actually, I don't feel like my club has misrepresented me in a way or what they stand for. I think two or three people within that club have misrepresented, and that's why I thought, you know what, I'm not against Solskjaer, I'm not against the players on the pitch, so I probably would end up watching it, and I don't feel that makes me any less of a fan because. If that's where my team are currently playing, that's that's where I end up supporting them, and that's I mean, well, that's what I know. If Manchester United were in the final of the European Super League against Real Madrid, you would have wanted Man United to win, wouldn't you? Sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have suddenly gone. I'm not going to watch it. I just thought. It, I just it's very easy thing to say and very easy to stand on that high ground going. But then, like you say, if it was on on a on a Saturday night, prime time Saturday, and it was that our casualty to watch, you're going to stick. United versus Real Madrid. Even if you're not, even if you're not a United or a Real Madrid fan, you're going to stick it on, aren't you? Because you like football, you want to watch. If that's where the best players were playing, that's what you end, would have ended up doing. I mean, I'm, I'm really glad it's not happened because I, I think it would have, it kills off any kind of interest. I just think you would have got bored of it within five years, seeing these games happen. Because one of the beauties, like one of the great things about Champions League, is the fact you play Barcelona every three, four years. And when it when it is United versus Barcelona or United versus Real Madrid in a Champions League semi final or final, that it just makes it all that much more important. Whereas if you if you've played them twice already that year and you're playing twice again the next year and twice again the next year, like what happens that where where do you what do you do then after the after everyone gets bored of watching them games because then there's no other better teams out there because you've monopolised all the money and got all the best players. You can't there's nowhere else to tech tech it, is it? So it's almost you're almost killing it quite early, so. When you um, when you talk about sort of, you don't feel like it's United that were doing this. It was just like our owners and some people at the top of the club that were doing it. Uh, so our the Glazers are basically have been unhappy from before they bought the club. Uh, sorry, have been unpopular since like before they bought the club. They've always been hated by Man United fans, and they seem pretty comfortable with being hated by Man United fans. You know, they they just installed Ed Woodward, who obviously has now gone. But and and let him take all the flack, and you know they just sat in America creaming off the profits. How do you cheesy feel John Henry will cope with? The, do you think he will now be very unpopular, and do you think that will matter to him? Um, I don't know because I feel like he, I feel like he is he's a he's more he's probably more the most vocal I would say of the three American owners that you're talking about. I feel like he. The way that he the takeover happened, where he saved the club from going bankrupt or or whatever it is, a week from being bankrupt, then has kind of built this 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 like team into um, over the last five, six, seven years of just 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 a juggernaut, and they've made the they've made seem to make the right decisions with people and recruitment and bringing the right players and spending where we've needed to spend and. And then you kind of think, you, I mean, we went back to the, the £77 ticket they were going to raise when they built the new stand, the furloughing of the, of the, of the club staff, when obviously the first bit of, when COVID came, when we first did the first bit about COVID and Liverpool, one of the teams that said, yeah, we we're going to furlough all the staff. So they, they, have, they have made monumental mistakes, but you feel like that this is the biggest mistake. Like um, Bill Shankly's, uh, grandson said, if, "If if this happens, then the the, the, the statue will go. They'll take the statue. They'll, they'll they'll make the they'll remove the statue from Anfield. They'll, they'll want it gone. They don't want anything to do with it. And that's just the whole ethos around United and, um, and and Liverpool and the whole thing around them just not understanding what the clubs are and how important the clubs are to the fans and the banner at United and 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 everything like that that's about the football is nothing without fans. I do not know how John Henry comes back from this." I feel like you two would be overjoyed. If United sold the club tomorrow and Edward Edward was resigned, I think you two would come out of this really well. Whereas I feel like for us, we were in the wilderness for so long. Um 
John Henry's come along, stabilised the club, um, invested where he needs to invest. Whether he's taken money or not, I, I have absolutely no idea. But this, the, the stadium's never looked so good. The team's never been invested in it. We've, we've got the best manager we've had for a long time. We were just starting to win silverware. So to throw all that up, and and away and into go it just puts us into I just feel like puts us into into turmoil. And it's not that he's the only one that, that could have done that, but ultimately he that's I, what he's done. I think one of the I think one of the big things, and I think you're right. I don't know where these owners can go from here. I think one of the things that's made it even worse for them is the fact that they're like it's been so evident that they've not communicated with anyone within the club because even like only some of like loads of the clubs, only some board members knew and some board members didn't. The managers didn't know, the players didn't know, so no one knew that this was happening. So it's not even like they can kind of go, well, I was being advised by this chairman and we've had lots of this talks about this and this will be a good thing and they can say, well, I'm badly advised. They must have been right at the heart and core of everything that's going on and especially the Glazers, like Joel Glazer being co-chairman of the bloody Super League and putting his name to it. Fans are going to be, like you say, Simon for United fans. United fans hated the Glazers to begin with, and I think that they're whether they will care or not, or whether they continue to just stay at the club. But I can't see them. They must be untenable. And like, if fans were back in stadiums, imagine what it'd be like this week. Oh, it'd be toxic, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be absolutely toxic. I was, I was actually thinking that with that Liverpool game on Monday. I mean, if fans had been there that night, and it, or if Chelsea fans had been in, I don't know what. It was bizarre. I watched a bit of the build-up to the Chelsea game, and it was then that boring bit when they went to the actual match. <laughs> Football's the most boring thing about football. That's <laughs> why so carry on hearing about the drama. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think they've been helped out by the fact there've been no fans in because it would have been incredible scenes. And I mean, it'd be fascinating to see who they'll appoint to replace Ed Woodward now. But I, I mean, if surely, if uh, trouble, I mean. There's going to be a lot of people doubt, you know, a lot less billionaires around than there probably was 12 months ago. You know, are there are there many people who can put the who can sort of pay the Glazers enough money to to get rid of them, or will the Glazers just have to hang around for a bit? Well, think, well, one of the things I was just one of the things that Neville Neville said because he he I mean he was he was quite open last night about the the owners and he was like, look, he didn't didn't really appreciate what they were doing. Obviously, they heavily financed the the takeover and they were refinancing the debt and they were taking dividends out and like the, all the, the around the ground and stuff like that. It's not really been done. Like it's going rusty and all that and all that type of stuff. And he, and he said he could almost, he could almost kind of stomach that because of, of, of other things that were happening. But this was kind of the, the, the thing that kind of tipped it, tipped it over the edge for him. Yeah. I, yeah. Neville, like, I mean, I'm the same. Like I, I didn't like the Glazers taking over, but I didn't do the whole green and gold protests and, go and suddenly watch FC United because I, I cared that much about it. And maybe in hindsight, the FC United lot were a lot more in tune, like maybe a more perception of what was going to happen than I did. But I mean, there's, there's thousands of fans, fans out there that still continue to go. That, that, are, that are still big Man United fans. They don't, it's not that they don't care, but they just, they love watching the team so much and had that, I, I suppose, affiliation to the badge that that's enough for them. But then this, this what they've done is I don't know. But the other thing we've been saying about who's who could afford to buy them out, Simon, it's interesting now that obviously it's it's suddenly reached government level football and what's going on at football clubs and how fragile the situation is with um, owners potentially coming in, buying clubs and doing what they want. That um, The Germany style of 50 plus one fan ownership is, is suddenly, it's suddenly all, all the vogue, isn't it, in terms of what might happen? Do you think that would happen for English clubs? I just don't see how it can happen. I don't. I don't see how you get from. I guess sort of thing that you need to have basically at the start when these clubs launch. But like, once you're in a situation where Abramovich owns 100% of Chelsea, if he doesn't want to sell 51% of his shares to fans, like, how, how do you get 51% of Chelsea off Abramovich? I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't understand how it works in terms of how you can sort of legally take it away from that. these people. Unless the only other way is creating, well, I suppose they're not all um, floated on the stock market because you couldn't you could create double the amount of shares again and sell them all into fans, couldn't you? But I don't know if that would be 
Yeah, but surely that's got to be sanctioned by the well, owner of the club in the first place. Well, but the, but there's talk of legislation, isn't it, coming in to make things? Yeah, yeah if, if it's of, again, I feel a little bit to get us back to the the IPL talk earlier randomly. I, I just think there's a lot of talk. I think it's just it feels popular for the government to talk at the moment and say these things. It was in the government. It was in the Tory manifesto in 2019 to have a review into this, and nothing's happened. And, and to be fair, there has been coronavirus, but they'll. I just got a feeling there'll be a review announced, and in tw- in you know two years' time, this review will come back. Well, and there is this. There's a, review happening. there's a review happening at the minute. It'll be announced after we've uh, won the World Cup, so they'll just so yeah. we're not going to do anything. <laughs> Nobody's really bothered about it because we just won the World Cup, so it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be absolutely fine. I mean, you mentioned Ed Woodward resigning, Simon, but apparently the uh, apparently this was always going to happen. Yeah, he was going to leave this year anyway. He was going to leave this year anyway, but they just announced it early because of the backlash of. Does that make you think even more that the Glazers obviously don't care about what's going on and they're just using it, Woodward as a fall guy to try and distance oh, yeah. themselves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's worked perfectly because Edward has got a lot of stick over the last few years, and you know, much of it justified. <laughs> and you know, and it's, it had sort of, re- I think it kind of reached a stage a few years ago where I think United fans had actually stopped moaning about the Glazers. It was like Ed Woodward who would always get this stick. Um, no, but yeah, I think he's just a, a, a fall guy for them, and and that they'll they'll give someone a few million pounds a year to to take his place and be the next guy to you know you... try and stri- strike commercial deals. And the thing is, all Edward was faults, and all, Edward's faults and Edward's strengths were really clear. Like he was really good at increasing revenue and finding well, new commercial partners. And he was you really that, bad at managing a football club. Yeah, you asked that question last week. It's cheesy, didn't you? About would you like an Ed Woodward character because he can get the, he can get the revenue in. Yeah, which oh, yeah, yeah, that was quite. You want, if, I mean, wasn't it? If you want a if you want a sponsorship deal for the your the left sock of a player, then yeah, Ed Woodward's the man to go to because he, he'll probably find you one, won't he? But and if you want an official bicarbonate of soda. Then he'll he'll go out and go on and get some money for it. But getting transfers over the line was not his strong suit. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what actually happens in terms of that position for United, won't it? Yeah, what, it'll, it'll be fascinating. But it wouldn't. It would not surprise me if it turns out to be an American marketing expert. This is this is one of the worries. As as happy as I am that Woodward is is going, it's kind of like let's wait and see. Is it better the devil you know that? Yeah, it's, not, it's not going to be the triumphant return of David Gill, is it? Oh well, no, it's not. Yeah, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Is there anyone? Uh, is there anyone taking any of the blame at Liverpool? Cheesy. No, it's well. That's one of the one of the really worrying things. I don't really know if I'd call it that, but. Um, of all the things that was kind of on that, because it's only really that Anfield Watch Twitter that I've been checking, and like throughout the day, obviously varying different clubs have said, "Oh, they'll come out." Like Atletico Madrid, I think, are the, another one. Um, the uh, president at Juventus has resigned. Uh, there's a couple of other teams, I think, that are, that are going to drop out. But there's no word from Liverpool yet as to as to what is the even murmurings about what will or won't happen. Um, I mean, ultimately, I can't. I can't see. I just can't. See. I mean, if the whole thing, the whole thing doesn't doesn't happen, then it, it's not really an issue. But I just they think the owners thing in the summer just becomes a bit more. What does Liverpool owners do? Because I think, like you said before, I, d- I don't actually think that United's owners will really care. I think that that standoffish and that it doesn't really affect them. It, I mean, like you said, you didn't really like them in the first place. So does it really make that much of a difference if you don't like them ten percent more than you didn't like them before? Whereas I think for Liverpool's owners, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. So I don't know. I, I think that... uh, my my only worry is because I I I do gen my, I have, I do feel that all the owners that are involved in all of this should be they they shouldn't be owning the football clubs anymore because I just think they've shown what they actually think of football in England and it is just a cash cow for them, which they obviously want... you knew yeah. anyway. But how much like the the, the, how little regard they have for the football side of it compared to the money side of it. They are literally just there for the money. But I don't 
I don't. My worry is that because there's no fans in the stadium, and there'll be no, and it's very hard to. You can't organise big protests at the minute, although big protests have happened during lockdowns. Whether like would you, you know we've had this big massive outcry for the last forty eight hours, and this story will kind of go on and like obviously it's all going to die a death in the next so long that when we actually get to say June July, it's all kind of blown over and you know there's no real there's no real actual comeuppance for the for the owners really what, they, can, they can just it's just kind of they can all go back to America just kind of ride out the wave for two months, not really pay attention, and then they can just carry on when football, when it all calms down again. A big six, one of the big six signs, Haaland, and all of a sudden all is forgiven. And Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's my, that's, my, that's my worry, yeah. I don't, I think, I think the thing for me is I, I never really thought that, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think John Henry would ever have been chairman in 10, 15 years' time. Ultimately, he paid £300 million for a club, has worked really well to get it to one and a half, two billion pound. So, it, it was primed to be sold. I mean, they've just had they've just had some extra investment in. So whether or not that's just to to deal with the COVID stuff, or whether that's because they are going to keep it long term. But ultimately, if he wanted to sell it tomorrow, even with all this, he still didn't be able to, to make a very tidy profit on it. Um, so I don't. I, I mean, he, he could quite easily sell it. I mean, it's like you said, our owners with that kind of cash, especially American owners, do they really understand what what football clubs are over here? Probably not regardless of how many people that you you actually do speak to. Um, and if he was to sell it, I mean, he, he is to sell it. I mean, the, the, the always the, the huge worry is whenever you sell, whenever the football club changes hands, is who it ends up going to and and, 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 and what are their intentions of, of, of it and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't and know. And the trouble is, it's reached a stage where, like, it'll never be kind of, local businessman who just wants to like put back into the community yeah. and, and run it. It'll either be someone that wants to try and make money out of the club, which is very dangerous for you know, a variety of reasons, or it's going to be a sort of human rights abusing billionaire who wants to sort of sports wash and distract from their, their other sort of bad things that they're doing in their own country. So, I mean, that, that that's, you know, it, it feels like, there's almost like no good answer when uh, when clubs decide that Man United and Liverpool change hands. After that, not many good guy options. I think the one thing that the owners probably could were appreciative for Klopp last night was saying that if he'd have said, like, I think Carragher mentioned this, if he'd have said he was going, then I think there would have been uproar. I think there would have been a, a lot of a, if you had to pick between Klopp and the owners, there really isn't a, there really isn't a choice for any of the Liverpool fans. It would be Klopp every time, and the fact that he said. That he's responsible. He feels responsible for the club. He wants to uh, to like to smooth it over. He wants to to make sure that everything's all right. Once he's spoken to the owners, was kind of a if it gets tough, I'll be I'm, I'm sticking around. I'm not going anywhere. Was kind of a look out. I'll I'll almost I'll figure out what's going on and, um, and we'll see where we go from here. But I need to speak to the owners first. Was kind of a, a message to go. I'm not going anywhere. Don't worry about it. Whereas I think he would have gone. Well, if it, if it happens, I won't be here. Because he's clear, quite clearly said before he doesn't want it to happen. I mean, he's the only top six manager that had been asked about it before, I think, I believe. Um, and he said clearly said he didn't want it. So it wasn't like he could go, well, actually, nobody's ever asked him before. I'm really into, I'm really into the idea. I think it would be a really good idea. So, I, th- I don't know. I, th- I suppose, that, is, there, is there a meeting on Friday? Is, UA, is there another UA for meeting on Friday? Or? Well, the meeting on Friday was supposedly to determine whether they're still in. Uh, Champions League and Europa League, isn't it? My question before we get on to that bit, like the ramifications, what will happen? Are you surprised now? Obviously, City have actually withdrawn and Chelsea are looking to follow. Are you surprised that more like why? It surely is a race now to not be the last one to be still in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not feel but like why, 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 why are clubs waiting around and not just throwing out statements because they can't take that long to go. We thought we. We're withdrawing from the European Super League. Put a statement now. You don't want to be the last, do you? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not. I'm surprised there hasn't been a sort of. I mean, I don't know what, if there'll be a sort of unified. They'll all announce tomorrow at six o'clock or something. I don't know. But or maybe think, maybe Perez has got some real dirt on them. We well, just think from a PR point of view. That yeah, you'd, you'd want to get out there. Like obviously, City have drawn first, so. They were obviously they were talked about as being the most reluctant to join, one of the most reluctant to join, first to leave. So they can kind of go well. 
we were never that keen on it anyway. They've got they've got that kind of route to go with. Whereas if you're the one of the last time United, it's real it's a real disaster, isn't it? They're co chairman and then one of the last to leave, it's quite a big hole to get out of. Just seems stupid, really. Um, do you, well, the, one of the other things I've, I've just read is that there's um, obviously we were talking about the the money and 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 having your own bicarbonate soda. There's um, I think there's, Liverpool have already started to lose sponsorship by the fact that they haven't come out to say that they're obviously they don't want to be part of this anymore. So um, and obviously it's, I don't think I don't think Nike have yet to walk away, but it will it will take one big commercial partner to go. Well, actually. What's the point? What's the point? You, you just don't tarnish us with the same brush. We don't want this. Like the, the backlash from it's just incredible. So it, it'd be interesting to see what does happen tomorrow. If there's no, because it doesn't. It, from what from what I'm, I'm reading, Liverpool they're not Liverpool aren't backing down. They're, they're staying with this, which is just an incredible thing to to even to even say. It's like we're playing ourselves. On, 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 we'll be playing you every week. Yeah. <laughs> I like Scottish football. I mean, I ate, I, I ate Liverpool United games anyway, so I'm just going to go back to playing football every week because I won't want to watch it. It's nah, the worst I'm, thing that, the worst thing that could happen. I'm confident so it's great. What, uh, what do we think the consequences will be for the clubs then? Do we think there'll be any or... Not at I all. Don't, I don't think there will. I think it will all kind of go back to, to normal. I, I think the trouble is... It's not really, in, it's not in UEFA's interest, it's not in the Premier League's interest to really do anything, is it? Yeah, I think they'll just accept that it's been really embarrassing for these clubs. But ultimately, I'm not sure what could UEFA do, you know, because well, I think they're picking them out of the Champions League and Europa League, isn't they? Yeah, but I think UEFA, you know, if you're running UEFA, you're thinking next season, do we want Real Madrid, Barcelona, City, Liverpool, United in the Champions League or not? The answer yeah, is but, yes, isn't it? Well, yeah, that would. But do you not think there's a there's almost a, they could do it? They could kick them out of this year's competition. Yeah, but, I mean, the trouble is, what do you do? I mean, if you kick Real Madrid out, then you know there's the only, team that Real Madrid knocked out was Liverpool. Yeah, there's, I know only that, PS, there's only PSG left. PSG. Yeah. Yeah, we could the, reinstate the losing. You could reinstate the losing teams, but then if there was no domestic comeuppance for the for the clubs, then they would still be in the Champions League next season, wouldn't they? So they would only really spoil this season. In terms maybe of what I, I, don't know, I doubt it, but maybe they will. I mean, from what I've heard, listening to the radio, I, I, I think there's a genuinely feeling that that could actually happen. I mean, I think it all depends on kind of how quickly that what, a, what an amazing way for Manchester City to not win the Champions League. Manchester City find creative ways to not win the Champions League, don't they? <laughs> well, can you imagine if they'd have been on, still on for the quadruple and they'd have been kicked yeah. out of the really competition <laughs> like that? Well, that, well, that's one of the reasons why I was so annoyed because I thought if we get kicked out of Europe, I know it's only the Europa League, but we've not won anything for ages. We've got a real chance of winning the Europa League. And then it's just taken away from us because bloody Ed Woodward decides that he can create a Super League. Absolute twat. The <laughs> good riddance, eh? <laughs> what a good yeah, night. I, this is, it's, it's been a good news night. This, I think the Woodward <laughs> resigning thing. I, 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 I was that that was I was shocked at that. That was genuine shock and surprise when I got told that. I um I am going to have to go to bed soon. But the the final thing, just a quick line on. I you mentioned the quadruple. It will be so funny if Spurs win win the League Cup this weekend, won't it? I will well, Chelsea drew tonight, so I'm, I'm a bit happier than I was last night. I will laugh so much if four days after sacking Jose Mourinho, they win a trophy. I tell you what, the biggest thing, obviously, with Mourinho going, well, Mourinho going was inevitable, wasn't it? So it's not really that big a thing. But 29-year-old Ryan Mason, like, I'm yeah. older than Yeah. <laughs> He's he's the guy you had to retire really because like he had that head in skull injury, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. him? Yeah, he's it's absolutely mental, isn't it? Uh, just to quickly finish, Simon, before you go before you go to bed. Um, years and years and years, so many teams in in England have been booing the UEFA. Uh, fans have booed the UEFA Champions League anthem. Imagine next year when they're all singing it. <laughs> That's the, that'd be the best thing UEFA could ever have done. Yeah. 
God, they've, they've yeah. come out slowing around, haven't they? No more £12,000 fines for booing the, the, uh, the Champions League anthem <laughs> when it's been played. I mean, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure in the next week there'll be a hell of a lot of fallout from this, even more than what's already happened. I feel like we could but... go a week. I feel like we might oh. have to do an emergency one. I mean, I just hope there's a Netflix documentary. What the, the Netflix? What? Netflix has been behind it all all this time and secretly been just, filming it. Imagine Florentino Perez was certain this was going to be a massive success. Yeah, imagine the arrogance of them. I'd be like, got them on board. football. They'd all they'd take selling. Oh, that would be. That'd be a dream come true. But the the, the six months of negotiations last ten minutes of the show, wouldn't it? And then two hours could just be on this forty-eight. Well, it'd be just one of them where it'd be like um, they'd be interviewing Florentino Perez, and he'd be like, "Look, they're all locked in. Yeah, we're having a few bad headlines, <laughs> but it's definitely going to happen." And then just flashes to Sky Sports News. <laughs> Chelsea withdrawn. Incredible. Surely there's a Mike Bassett Super League chairman in the in the <laughs> offing very soon. I reckon players will be desperately signing Will Grigg as we speak. <laughs> for, for more than he's actually worth. I've got 3.5 billion here in my bag. <laughs> JP Morgan said so. He could get us over the line. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Right, well, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was yeah. good. That was I mean, we... Well, we'll talk about it next week, but I would like to talk about next week how we think it will affect television rights moving forward, and whether I mean I brought it up before a wage cap in football is is in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah, I'd be up for that. I mean, it, on the yeah. side, that was probably one of the good ideas they had in this European Super League. Mm. So yeah, okay, right, yeah, been good, good to talk. Speak to you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.